All right, amen. Welcome to Teaching Others Also. And we're uh, in Romans 5, James 1, 2 Corinthians 12. There are a bunch of other passages. I'm staying in those because those are good passages to memorize. Well, here we go. It's Tuesday, and it is December uh, 21st. And uh, 2021, we're heading up. We know what this week is, okay? It's that time of year, heading up to, you know, what they call the Christmas week, Christmas Eve and day. And we're talking about troubles and the value of them. And <clears throat> believe it or not, I didn't know it would go this long, but this is our seventh one, seventh day on it. And if you got a Bible, get it out. I promise you, looking at these verses will help you. I am amazed at how many times I'll reread a passage. I mean, Romans 5, it is not an exaggeration. I have to have read this thing close to a thousand times. 500 wouldn't come close how many times I've read Romans 5 just by itself. But the book of Romans, way over a hundred times. That's just how the Christian life is. You've got to get in your Bible and absorb it for yourself. But we're talking about this thing about the value of troubles. Troubles being adversity and tribulations and hardship and difficulties and stresses and rough going and delays and glitches and all that sort of stuff. And I can tell you that, that the longer I live, the more I realize how valuable troubles are. Now, when you're right in the middle of it, you're going to have to apply some verses. For example, James 1, 6, where he said, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. We talked last time about troubleshooting. The value of troubles, troubleshooting. And that's a good picture. Shooting troubles, okay? In business and leadership, sometimes we call it putting out fires. I heard an executive say that he had a large staff, had a very, very, you know, high-intensity job, and the decisions they made affected a lot of people. And he taught his immediate staff, he said, everybody has two buckets they carry with them around through the day. One bucket has water in it, the other has gasoline in it. And he said, when you come across a situation, you need to stop and think, which bucket am I going to use on this situation? What he's trying to get him to do is use way much less gasoline and way much more water on fires, okay? And that doesn't mean going around throwing cold water on people. What it means is, you know, instead of stirring up people, it's like social media. People are, in football, we used to call it piling on. You used to be able to get a penalty for piling on because you get more people than should be in that pile up and someone's going to get hurt down towards the bottom. And people are huge today about piling on. Well, yesterday we talked about the value of troubles, about how it helps us with troubleshooting. And that's connected to patience, okay? Now, let's talk about it with experience today. We'll talk about experience, and it still goes with that. One of the cool things about experience is, and this is where we have to temper it now, listen, and get wisdom, James 1, 2 Corinthians 12, and Romans 5. He said, and not only so, uh, Romans 5, 3, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience, what? Experience, okay? Experience hope. So let's talk about experience for a minute. Someone says experience is the best teacher. No, 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 no. It's not the best teacher. But experience is a help to both learning and to applying. 
not the best teacher. God's the best teacher. The Word of God's the best teacher. And a teacher sent from God is the best teacher. However, experience can help us with troubleshooting. Now, I mentioned last time, and these are just visible physical illustrations. Had it generator tech, and when you come across something, if it resembled some exotic, rare solution or problem, his mind would run over there. Here's where you have to practice patience and then experience in life. Now, let's, and I'm going to put it on a spiritual level with you, on a Christian level, on a thinking level. I'm going to put it on a level where we go, okay, Lord, I want to have the right responses, then the right actions. One of the things that happens to people is they say, I will never let that happen again. Okay? I will never, the never experience again. I will never let that happen again. Here's the problem. If you think you know why something happened, then you're going to try to control your life and very many times contrary to God. Let's just say Paul decided, the Apostle Paul, Saul of Tarsus got saved, Acts chapter 9. He starts preaching. And not any time at all from the time he starts preaching in Acts 9, 23, after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. But their laying await was known of Saul. And so they took, verse 25 of Acts 9, and then the disciples took him by night, led him down by the wall in a basket, and he went to Jerusalem. And he assayed, that's just to try. It's still a word, assayers are those who value stuff. For example, a gold assayer, someone who tries the gold to see what, what purity it is. He is. It's not a big deal. Don't throw away your King James Bible when you really should buy a dictionary. Hallelujah. He essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him, brought him to the apostles, and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way, etc., etc. And he was with them going, coming in and going out at Jerusalem, verse 28, and then later he moves on. And so we understand that if Paul had said, I'm not, I will never let that happen again, he would have had to quit fulfilling God's calling upon his life. He would have had to quit preaching and teaching because when he did, trouble arose. Sometimes God would hold back the trouble. Sometimes God would, I mean, he was several years in, in Ephesus and stuff. Maybe he'll, he would do that, but he never knew when it was coming. So understand that there's a part of us that has to apply the patience first than the experience that we learn, okay? Because our hope needs to be in God by the love of God shed abroad in our heart, Romans 5. I will never let that happen is a bad thing. Here's another one. I don't want that to happen. Now, it's okay. But when we get something in our head, I don't want, I don't want that to happen, what we've got to be careful of is that we don't let that shape our life and our decisions before God. Because the prospect, even the probability of it, might be high sometimes when you obey God. You know what I mean? Uh, one of the things people don't understand about soldiers, real soldiers, I mean soldiers who, were, who are not soldiers, you know, and it's okay if someone did it to get a, an education, you know, to the benefits of soldiering. I get that. 
Maybe that's what someone did. Maybe somebody else, you know, did because it's family or maybe, you know, patriotism and stuff. But the true soldiers that you read about and stuff, they just recently did, I believe it was a couple fellows got the Medal of Honor. True soldiers do what they do knowing in the back of their minds that it may cost them. I've said this for years and years. The fellows that walked out, jumped out the door at Normandy, stepped out the door at Normandy, uh, paratroopers and stuff, when they did that, they gave their life. Some of them came back living, but they gave their life because the, the, the odds of them coming back were very slim comparatively. And when you understand that that's how a Christian's supposed to be when he said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. That's why Romans 12 presents your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So when we say, I don't want that to happen. Now, are there good things about that? Why, absolutely. Uh, if you know that, let's just say, your body it has potential and even starts showing signs of things like, well, let's have something simple, sugar diabetes. If you know that, then do what you can about it. But if you're not careful... You get in your mind, well, I don't want uh, that to be true of my body or this or that. And you start struggling with the fact that we live in a fallen world. I was, think, I was saying to someone last night, we we're eating and I said, you know, the thing that people forget is all this violence is, is the core, at the core of it is the fallen nature. Because you aren't violent by nature doesn't mean your fallen nature doesn't work. It you're just works in a different way. Read Galatians chapter 5, all the different kinds of the work of the flesh. But people are violent because of the old nature. You say, well, it's more violent than it was in the schools and stuff. Absolutely, that stuff affects it. But do not underestimate the, the value of the knowledge of the fall of mankind when they left when they fell and had to leave the garden. Being armed with that, the knowing, like not only so, but we glory in tribulations also knowing. You know what we know? We know that man fell, mankind. We know that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know that it's going to manifest itself in the works of the flesh. So be careful. Experience cannot rule and color our life. Experience, though, can be an asset. For example, we talked about patience and troubleshooting. Here's what I've learned from experience. It is so much wiser to slow down, slow is smooth, smooth is fast, to slow down and deal with it from a troubleshooting Easiest to hardest, easiest to most complicated way of life. Here's what I've learned from experience. For example, by patience. If I treat that other person with respect, and some of you Bible believers are horrible about this, you think that because somebody wrote a book, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People, that you shouldn't do any of the things that are the same in the Bible as that because you're against that book. That's ridiculous. And you can shut the button off right now or whatever you want to do. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It is foolish. It is stupid. 
The reason those books and stuff work is they've copied things directly from the Bible. A man that hath friends must show himself what? Friendly, not cranky. Yeah. He said, be pitiful, be courteous. Yeah. How about that? You see, it's you're going to have tough enough time dealing with stuff, and you're going to have to be stern enough at other times. But I've learned from experience of uh, exercising patience through tribulations, through troubles, I have learned this, that if I slow down patience, slow is smooth, smooth is fast, and I ask God for wisdom, and I exercise wisdom, and I show the right biblical integrity towards the other person, I've learned from experience that's a far better solution. But some of y'all have taken the world's way and tried to use force. And because it might work in some other case, well, experience proves me you just got to stand your ground. Well, you ain't had much experience the right way yet. Do you sometimes have to? Yeah. But I can tell you for a fact, most of the people you and I deal with are not the decision makers. They're not even the source of the trouble. And all that anxiousness and angriness and all that stuff is not of God. Now, I know that might sting some of y'all, especially if you really are trying. And you're like, well, Lord, I'm open to this. So the value of trouble gives you Christian experience, gives you spirit experience. That's really important. See, if we're not careful, we think that what we've learned is on a human level. And I've said before that if you're not careful, you let your life, especially into your 50s, 60s, and 70s, you let your life be totally ruled by your experience without the grace of God, verse 2 of Romans 5, without tribulation working patience, patience experience, ready? Experience hope, and hope make not ashamed. Why? Because the love of God. See, when you do it as a Christian, the Holy Ghost can shed the love of God abroad in your heart and you're a different person than you are without God. And just because you're sealed for heaven doesn't mean you'll behave as you would a spirit-filled Christian. You've got to make sure you're following the leading of the Holy Ghost and letting God shed that, bread, that love abroad in your heart. And I pray today you'll do that. Look at your experience and decide, I won't let my view of experience, it has to be tempered by the patience of God and it has to be deal dealt with on the other side of it, bracketed in by the love of God. See you tomorrow.